We're going to be continuing with the theme of uh, Priscotologia. Okay? Priscotologia is uh, the ancient uh, theology. Now, uh, astrotheology is a big part of this. Um, it's probably a third of it. Uh, and astrology, which I was dealing with last week, is a big chunk of it too. So, um, continuing with this theme of uh, ancient theology, we're going to honour a truth speaker of the 16th century, because he died in the, on the 17th of February, 1600, Giordano Bruno. Now, Giordano Bruno was a person who spoke about the Prisca theology all the time, and he was bringing it to the world. In fact, he brought it to Queen Elizabeth. And Queen Elizabeth was contemplating bringing, uh, making the, the British Isles hermetic. But of course, the, uh, the clergy um, got wind of the, the plot, sent Giordano Bruno a packing back to Italy, and uh, of course made sure that fictional uh, <clears throat> Roman Christian religion would continue in their country. What I mean by that is that... Um, and as I've proven with my uh, presentation, that Rome has invented the fiction of the historical uh, Jesus Christ <coughs> for purposes of enslavement. Um, astrotheology. Now, when you mention astrotheology, uh, people people think I actually um, <coughs> have seen comments on the internet where people think it's just a recent term and it's just recently been invented by, say, Jordan Maxwell or someone like Michael Tassarian or one of those guys. But um, here's um, Kirky Gray from 1880, 1880. and um, <coughs> he uses the word astrotheology. This guy also, the Reverend Robert Taylor, uses the expression. And he's from 1830s, okay? Now, first thing that happens is when you talk about astrotheology is that the churchgoers uh, poo-poo the idea. And they deny that Christianity has anything to do with the stars. Uh, the original religio-slash-science of this planet. You see, uh, the Priscotologia um, explains that the stars were originally uh, the, uh, the components of nature that were uh, studied and observed with intent to discover our origins and uh, many truths about reality. And what they did was they uh, encoded uh, books uh, writings in which they would um, reveal their discoveries to mankind. So they discovered a lot by observing the stars, you see, the ancient priesthoods. And uh, in doing so, they realised that we were more than connected with the stars. You know, we were very, very connected with the stars. So what developed was a, um, a science whereby if we take no notice of nature and the most um, potent aspects of nature would have to be the stars, the lights in the sky. They call them the uh, spirit, 
father fountains of life. And they realized that these um, entities had uh, an influence on us. They observed these influences and uh, recorded them. And um, the Bible, the Judeo-Christian uh, work, Hebrew Christian, uh, Greek writing, uh, nothing other than astrotheological themes. Okay, they are stories about the uh, observances of the stars and their behaviour and their cycles, etc. So the first thing they do, the religionists, is um, they deny that um, the origin of their uh, their faith and belief is based on uh, the stars. You see, so what we're going to do is have a look at some of the words and um, designations of the ministers and um, the people who uh, practice in the churches. Um, so we've got cardinal, deacon, sexton, monseigneur, sir, nun, minister, pastor, monk, ceremony, bishop, orison, monastery, etc. Uh, cardinal, this is... Um, in astrology, this is the four cardinal signs. Okay? Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn. A deacon is 10 degrees of astrology. Sexton, having the word six in it, um, and having to do with uh, astrology, just like bishop is, three degrees. 10 degrees, three degrees. Uh, Monseigneur, Sir, Sir is just short for the star Sirius because he is the Lord. He's the boss. He's the brightest star in the sky. Yes, sir. Uh, none. Uh, minister. Here we see moon and star. Same with pastor. Moon. Sirius. Moon. Bishop. Already discussed that. Orison. Moon. Star, monastery. Um, <clears throat> now that's pretty much the uh, designations that these uh, ministers give themselves. Uh, another good one would be uh, elder in the L words. When you look at the L words, you'll notice uh, a lot of um, L in there because of the sun, Elios. You see, in Greek the sun is called Elios. And in the Jewish system, the Elohim happen to be the planets and the uh, luminaries in the sky, the seven visible orbs. And you see the words such as elect, elite, the elder in the congregation. Is, he is a, he'd be a uh, minister, would he not? A moon star, one who talks about El, Israel, Isis, Ra and Elohim, evangelizing. Etc. Etc. I mean, these are all church words, okay? Um, and so, because the, the sun is is the L who provides three things to mankind for their existence, uh, and that would be love, light, and life, undeniably. For that orb has more love for us than any other. It, it's the creator of everything physical in the solar system, and uh, together with the other six are what cause us to manifest in the physical realms. Uh, so we get love, that's very loving. 
We get light, we get three qualities of light, spiritual, psychic and physical light from the sun, which gives light. Um, and so you see all the L words with the five vowels, anything El, Al, Il, Ul, Ol. Here we have Olympian. Here we have um, Bull. Here we have Il, that's the definite article in Italian. El is the definite article, um, the um, male gender definite article in Spanish. Male uh, definite gen um, article in Italian. Okay? And we get words like uh, bello in Italian. Um, if, if someone is handsome, you say, oh, bello. Or some, uh, someone's uh, pretty, a girl's pretty, you say bella. And that comes from the L, okay, because nothing is more pretty than the sun, especially in the summertime when he revitalizes the planet. And so, of course, and the Bible is uh, related to Babel. Babel and Bible are the same word. Babel means circle of the sun, the zodiac, okay? Um, and, of course, and it's related to bubble, circle. Bubble, babble, Bible. Um, Bell is Baal, the god Baal. And he also, if you put a, a, an O on the end of that, you get the Italian word for good looking. Bello. Because Baal is the sun. It's glorious. He's Prince Charming. Okay, so these Il, El, Al, Ol, they are all the sun the El Lord. So when you hear expressions like the Lord, Jesus, Christ, Amen, these are all different words for the Son. Okay? When you hear expressions like the Lord, Jesus, Christ, Amen, these are all different words for the Son. Okay? Lord, <coughs> yes, yes means the Son. There we have the, the, the golden orb himself, beautiful, Prince Charming. Bello. And there are the words, the letters. I-E-S, in Greek, I-E-S is yes, and that's Jesus. Uh, Christ, well, Christ is light, king, the king of light, and that's the sun. And Amen, or Amun, or Om, um, that is the sun. So we've come to a time in, in history that we've, um, we've begun to understand these things because we've been able to uh, decipher the, uh, the Egyptian uh, holy writings, the, the um, hieroglyphs. And in recent times we've um, been able to uh, expose this story that is in the Bible. Now, we have many uh, great scholars to lean upon. Uh, probably I would say this would be the best work, absolutely the best work in terms of astrotheology by the Reverend Robert Taylor. One of his con contemporaries was uh, Thomas Taylor, and Thomas Taylor was, um, was uh, a great scholar who um, was interpreting the Greek myths. I'm going to read a little bit out of this later on, and also out of his contemporaries. This one's 
um, deciphering the holy Jewish Christian scriptures, and this one, the myths. So we've got a lot of scholars of that nature. We have um, the sacred mushroom and the cross by uh, John Marco Allegro, one of the Dead Sea scholars, who uh, discovered that uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were nothing but um, writings about the Essenes who had gospels and were already talking about a suffering servant or a messiah hundreds of years before the so-called historical Christ. Um, he's come out and uh, explained that, um, that uh, the Bible is based on mythology and um, the Amanita muscaria mushroom being the, uh, the base for Christianity. Um, they used to take the Amanita muscaria mushroom as the uh, Eucharist, you see, the, the bread of Christ, and they would have out-of-body experiences. And um, so one of the Dead Sea Scroll scholars has shared that with the world. Of course, they went after him and, um, and uh, defamed him and, and destroyed his career. Anita Muscaria Mushroom being the, uh, the base for Christianity. Um, they used to take the Amanita Muscaria Mushroom as the uh, Eucharist, you see, the, the bread of Christ, and they would have out-of-body experiences. And um, so one of the Dead Sea Scroll scholars has shared that with the world. Of course, they went after him and, um, and uh, defamed him and, and destroyed his career. Uh, but nonetheless, he was a truth speaker. Here's another truth speaker, Dupuis a um, contemporary of um, Napoleon Bonaparte as well as Volney. These guys exposed the astrotheology in the Bible. I'm going to share excerpts and, 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 and um, share um, interesting um, information from these scholars today. So it's going to be very eclectic, but there's a lot of uh, interesting information that we're going to expose. Here is the, uh, the Earth and that would be the equator, Tropic of Cancer, Tropic of Capricorn. Now I'm following a, um, a very ancient map, and by the way, a lot of people ask me about where do I get my uh, maps and stuff from. Well, that's the book, you can get that on uh, Amazon, Star Maps. And uh, in fact, it has... Uh, Lots of great ancient map, maps and uh, a great collection, probably one of the best I've ever seen. It's phenomenal. And so this comes from that book. Uh, here is the sine wave that I've just done. As you can see, there's the equator. And here we have the Tropic of Cancer. And here we have the Tropic of Capricorn. Okay. So um, this sine wave, this is the path that the sun appears to make uh, around the uh, Earth as it goes through the seasons. It's called the ecliptic. Okay, so it's the path that the, um, that the sun takes through the 12 signs of the zodiac. So um, there's a little glyph here for Aries, which indicates that the sign of Aries begins here. And that would be the 21st of March, the uh, equator, the equinox. And uh, as it rises, as the sun rises in the, the spring sky through uh, March, April and June, it reaches the um, Tropic of Cancer and then it uh, proceeds to decline and wane 
and goes through Libra, and there's the scales of Libra. That's the middle point of the sine wave. Okay? Very important, crucial part of the theologies. And a lot of the stuff in the Bible pertains to this area here because the scales of Libra that sit on that equinox there have to do with justice and the fall of the sun. As the sun falls down to the winter months below the equator, the scales have judged the sun. So that point there is very interesting. And these are the cardinal points. Aries, the equinox. Cancer, the uh, solstice. Uh, Libra, the equinox. And Capricorn, the solstice. And it comes back through, through Aquarius, the water bearer, through Pisces, and then back up into Aries. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm following that. So we start here at uh, Aries, and we go up to Cancer, and then down to Capricorn, and then come back up again. And uh, that's the sine wave. It's 23 and a half degrees and 23 and a half degrees. Now, so what you've got here is the solstice. And here we have also the solstice. So these, this would be the uh, summer months and this would be the winter months in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, March the 21st is over here. June 21st is there, the solstice. September 21st, the equinox. And December 21st, the solstice. These are the crucial points. And there's a lot to be said about these points, and you'll, you'll see how uh, important they are in the scriptures. What I'm going to show today is that um, the Gospels of Matthew and uh, Luke start from... start from December the 21st and finish with December the 21st, whereas Mark and John started Aries. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to show that and um, with the aid of this book here. The Secret Truth About Jesus, the Gospel and the Zodiac by the Reverend Bill Darlison. And in here he shows how the 16 chapters of the Gospel of Mark uh, run through, starting from Aries, run through and finish in Pisces, okay? And of course I've uh, dealt on that in my uh, astro-theological presentation and um, shown how most of the cycles begin with this point in the, um, in the year. The equinoxes are so important that on this particular day and its opposite September the 21st, these two equinoxes, the sun splits the day between 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of light, perfectly balanced. That balance is measured by the priesthood and they consider it to be a sacred day, that point of equilibrium. Equilibrium is always respected in nature. It's always respected. So you see these two spheres, the two polarities of light, summer, and darkness, winter, are balanced at these points. Very, very powerful points. 
in the year, the equinoxes. In fact, they, they are so respected that all our religious, religious observances are, uh, take place at these four points, at the four points of the cross. Here, we have the, the Passover of the Jews and Easter. Here we have uh, Judgment Day, Rosh Hashanah, um, the Festival of Tabernacles or the Festival of Booze. And here we have the Holy Saturnalia and the Christmas period where the, the, um, the ancients would mourn for Saturn. That was the Saturnalia and, uh, or Saturn's brother the sun. They would mourn for the sun because he was going down to his death on the 21st of December. And so um, Macrobius in his famous work, the Saturnalia, talks about this festival and its origin. And uh, in doing so, he revealed a lot about uh, the old astrotheological system. And uh, in doing so, he revealed a lot about uh, the old astrotheological system. In fact, he revealed that every one of the names of the heroes, including Jesus, mean the sun. And here are some of the, um, here are some of the names of those uh, ancient gods. Janus, Bacchus, Yeus, Apollo, Julio, Delios, Loxia, Phobus, Phanes, Lucius, Sabasius, Liberus, Ebuli, Dionysus, Yao, Hades, Mars, Meton, Mercury, Draco, Asclepius, Hercules, Serapis, Adonis, Attis, Osiris, Horus, Pan, Jupiter, Saturn, Adad. Interesting. So we'll get back to that. But um, what we have here now is the... Um, the uh, cycle that causes the Gospels to be told. So, what we have is, according to um, Reverend Bill Dalton, as we begin in Aries, I'm going to share some scriptures with you, which um, prove the, uh, the astrological uh, aspects of the Gospels. Uh, so beginning with um, Aries, the deacons of Aries, uh, it talks about Perseus and Cetus and um, Andromeda. So if we go to Aries at the head, remember Aries is always the star of this system because it's in the head. Uh, we see there's Perseus, Cassopia, uh, um, and Andromeda is always associated with Pisces, but the stars overlap um, with this zodiac sign here. Uh, here we have Taurus, Orion, Eridanus, and Auriga. Okay, so, and these are the deacons. You have the northern deacons here. Um, so, for instance, Scorpio has three northern deacons. It doesn't have any southern deacons. Whereas Libra has a northern deacon, and it has some southern deacons, okay? And these are, there's 15 in the southern and 21 in the northern. And they make up, they make up 36 extra zodiacal signs, okay? 
Now, one of the first things that uh, is spoken about in Airy um, is the Apostle, uh, or rather, John the Baptist calls um, Jesus, um, the, um, talks about the baptism of fire. Well, that would be the fire of Airy. Okay, so that's the first hint. As the, as the sun comes into Aries, there's the fire aspect. And um, <clears throat> we'll just have a look at that um, part in the Gospel of uh, Mark. It says, I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with Holy Spirit. And, of course, Matthew and Luke use the word fire in that, right? But the Spirit has to do with the baptising uh, in Aries because what happens in Aries is there is the river Eridanus goes through there from the sign of Taurus next door. And the Eridanus is the Jordanus where uh, Jesus is baptised. So that's where John baptises Jesus immediately. And the gospel begins there. And I'm talking, that's the first, there's St. Mark, that's the first passage in the Bible where Jesus is baptised. There's no nativity in uh, either Mark or John. There's no nativity scene. Whereas Matthew and Luke, they begin with the nativity. When the sun is a baby on the 25th of December, it has to grow and then be baptised in the Jordan River in the head of Aries. Um, <clears throat> and um, here's another interesting scripture right there after that passage. It says, Immediately afterwards, the Spirit drove him out of the wilderness and he remained there for 40 days and was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts and the angels looked after him. Well, the wild beasts would be the beasts of the zodiac. You see, it says that Jesus was with the wild beasts. That's where the sun is. Lions, scorpions. Okay, so they are Aryan features. Um, then in uh, chapter, verse 17, Andrew cast a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. Now, uh, some translations use the word uh, hired men. Well, that has to do with the stars in the sign of Aries, in the deacon of Aries, that are called, uh, that are called the hired men. Let me read a portion of this. The combat between Perseus and Cetus mirrors the challenge to the powers of evil which Jesus makes in these early chapters of Mark. He is tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He casts out an unclean spirit. He declares that the kingdom of Satan is at an end. Uh, clearly, and he implies that Satan has been bound, clearly reflecting the names of two stars in Cetus. Menkar, the chained enemy, and Dista the overthrown, the thrust down. Isn't that interesting? Then there's a star in uh, Perseus called Algol, and this is called by the Hebrews Algol as Rosh Ha-Satan. And it's supposed to be, it says here, that um, it's the demon star and the blinking demon, the demon's head, is said to have been thus called from its rapid and wonderful variations. The Hebrews call Algol as Rosh HaSatan, Satan's head, head, 
Aries, the head. Uh, astrologers, of course, said that it was the most unfortunate, violent and dangerous star in the heavens. So the name of Satan appears a lot in the early chapters of Mark in the Aries sector. Okay, And, of course, because of the stars, Algol in Perseus, the, the, the star that they call the most violent one in the skies. And so that explains all the, uh, the um, mentions of Satan in the first chapters of Mark. Okay? Uh, another incident happens in Mark 1.29. And this is the incident. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the house of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. So Simon Peter's mother-in-law has a fever. Well, Simon's other name is Cephas. And you'll notice that Cephas, uh, Cephas in, in um, Pisces, is also merging in with Aries. You see, that? that's how it works. So Cephas is in here. And Cephas is another name for the Apostle Peter. Right? Uh, and Andrew would be Andromeda. Right? Andrew. <laughs> so these are in the first chapters of Mark. Right? Dealing with uh, the March Aries sector. So the mythological Cassopia was the wife of Cephas and the mother of Andromeda, whom Perseus had married after releasing her from the rock to which he had been chained by the sea god Poseidon. Cassopia was eventually translated to the sky by her enemies, the sea nymphs, but because of her vanity and arrogance, was placed so close to the pole that she appears to be lying prone. Well, <clears throat> the mother, the mother of the one chained to the rock. See, Cassopia was chained to the rock. Well, the rock is Cephas. Peter. Peter's called the rock. <laughs> is Cassopia. So, the one chained or married to the rock, Peter, is Cassopia, the reclining woman. Cassopia's husband is Cephas, another name for Peter, the rock. Uh, and her daughter is Andromeda, uh, which names which are hinted at in the names Andrew and Cephas. Now, another thing that um, Bill Darlison points out in this book is that uh, unlike the Gospel um, Mark, the Gospel John, which also begins in Aries, in the first chapter of John, uh, the Gospel of John, John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, pointing to the very same nature uh, of that Gospel to Mark's Gospel. Unfortunately, Mark doesn't use that expression, but all the, other, all the others do. <laughs> and if it had of, that would really just put the icing on the cake, wouldn't it? All right, so that's um, Aries. Let's have a look at Taurus and see if we can see some uh, themes there in the uh, early chapters there in the uh, early chapters by the way I'll just put that up 
for the camera <coughs> to pick up. Um, this comes straight out of the book and uh, it shows the, um, the different sectors uh, of the gospel. So Aries is from the first chapter to the third chapter, okay? And it's dealing with the baptism of Jesus, the beginning of ministry, theme of newness, 12 apostles as new Israel, sense of urgency, daring and defiance. In the zodiac, the key word would be uh, sign of the spring equinox, initiation, action, impulsiveness, assertiveness, pioneering associated with the head. And you will find all of these perfectly on cue in those chapters of Mark and dealing with the sign of Aries. Okay? Uh, Taurus, parables of growth, agricultural imagery, parable of life. Now, because of the special stars in Taurus, Taurus has um, a cluster of stars called the Pleiades, which are the lights. Okay? So, we notice now in the, um, in the fourth chapter of Mark, which I'm going to be reading from, the, the theme is dealing with um, light and also the parables of the seed. Because in Taurus, Taurus is the time of the year when you take your bull out and plough. So you notice that in the fourth chapter of Mark, there's a lot of ploughing being done, a lot of seed sowing, and a lot of talk about light. Because Taurus has those beautiful Pleiades, and the Hyades, and Orion, and all those bright stars. <coughs> so, um, <clears throat> the parable of the light under the bushel, which follows the sower, does not have the Taurian imagery of growth and productivity, except in rather an oblique sense. But it is related to Taurus nevertheless, because in addition to its association with the earth and with agriculture, Taurus is always considered by the ancients to be connected with light. Um, for instance, Venus rules Taurus, and Venus is phosphorus. She is the bright morning star and she's one of the brightest orbs in fact she's the third brightest orb in the sky that's one pointer to the fact that it's dealing with taurus uh, another one is um, the principal star of the hyades group situated in the eye of the bull was called by ptolemy lampadia that would be lamp lampadia the torch so you see, Jesus will be talking about light. Don't hide your light. Show your light. <clears throat> Venus, the ruler of Taurus, and the most brilliant sight in the evening and morning sky after the moon was called by the Greek phos. Phos meaning light. And by the Romans, Lucifer, the light bearer. So no wonder chapter 4 deals with light. To the ancient occultists, Venus was the planet of inner light, illumination. Uh, <clears throat> Aristophanes called it Plias Epesteros, the seven-starred Pleiades. 
So we're talking about the Pleiades now. Although he said that one of them is Panafane, all invisible. One of the stars of the Pleiades is hidden according to the myth. The Pleiades were the seven daughters of Atlas, who had been changed into stars by Pleione. Six of them had been married to gods, but the seventh, Merope, had married a mortal. So her light was dim and rarely seen, all of which strikingly reflects the parable of the lamp in Mark 7, 21, 22. Now take note. This is very interesting because we're talking about the seven sisters here, the Pleiades. Okay? Now, you ever notice that? Subaru? That means the Pleiades, the seven sisters. Now, when you look up at the Pleiades, they, they're magnificent. They look exquisite, like a jewel in the sky, and they correspond to the pineal gland. Okay? Because here they are in Taurus, Pleiades. They're supposed, to, they're supposed to be more up toward here, actually, these around this area here, uh, because Taurus rules the, the lower part of the head. Um, but you will only notice six. There are not seven, because uh, one of them has had their lights dimmed. So let's notice what uh, Mark chapter 4, 21 has to say, shall we? He said to them, Do you bring a lamp? Do you bring up in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? In, instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whoever is hidden, for whatever is hidden, is meant to be disclosed. And he uses the word here, phanerophe, in Greek. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open, phaneron. If, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, as I just read before about Erastathenes, he called one of those uh, stars the exact same word that Mark uses for the dimming of the light, which is Phanophane. So Erastathenes called this, this star Phanophane, the all-invisible. Interesting that Mark should use the exact same word for the, the dim star in the Pleiades. Uh, still on the, the, the Taurus uh, sign, we need to um, focus our attention on that. Um, <clears throat> of course, agricultural Im imagery and the parable of light. Oh, thanks, George. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> That'll help that. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, this is also in Mark, okay? He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of the seeds on earth. Yet when planted, 
It grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such branches that the birds can perch in the shade. So notice the theme there of agricultural imagery, uh, parables of growth, and this is, these are the themes of the, um, of the fourth chapter of Mark. Right on cue with Aries the first, Taurus the second. And it gets better. Mark 4, 10 to 12. When he was done, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. How about Gemini? All right, so we come to Gemini. We've done Aries, Taurus, and now Gemini, the twins. 